The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advice offered through Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week. Good morning. Welcome to Financial Focus Radio. Thank you for joining us. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he is Josh Finelli, and we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the abundantly beautiful Pacific Northwest as of late. Uh, I cannot certainly complain about the weather. The only thing I can complain about is that the days are getting shorter. Now when I wake up to come to work in the morning, it is dark, and I really hate that. But not much I can do about that. All right, Mr. Finelli, how goes the battle? Come on, give us your, give us your uh, dig at Oregon State. I'll let you do it in the beginning of the show. Feel like I've got enough in Are they gonna, the last couple weeks. When do they when do they start playing varsity teams? <laughs> well, they're they're playing <laughs> not this the, week. They're playing their uh, twenty twenty four conference schedule right now. <laughs> yeah, they're going to dominate. I, I I mean, you know, I know that you're it's tongue in cheek. The Beavs actually look pretty good. This they year, look really so. good. I mean, they're like a Smash Mouth football team. It's going to be interesting uh, to see how that all plays out. The Civil War might be quite interesting. There might be something at stake. I'm not I'm not going to really hold my breath. Uh, I'm going to be in. Um, at Autzen in, in, in a week at the Colorado game, um, and I'm, I'm going to try to figure out what colors I'm going to wear to that game, but uh, that game should be interesting. So theoretically, both those teams will be 3-0. and So it'll be interesting to see Prime and his whole show roll into Eugene yeah. and see what that looks like. It's first real game. All right, let's uh, talk about the week that was in the stock market. U.S. stocks, as measured by the S&P 500, were having a good week till Friday and then sort of lost all the gains and ended up for the week mostly unchanged as measured by the S&P at least. Uh, U.S. small cap stocks were traded fractionally lower. Uh, they had a big day on Thursday but gave most of that back on Friday. Uh, we saw international markets outperform, international developed markets. So think of uh, Europe and uh, Japan, the developed international uh, countries. Uh, they were traded up 1.5%. Uh, so a pretty large outperformance from international developed. And the emerging markets were up about 1.1%. So international had a good week relative to U.S. last week. Uh, in the bond market, we saw uh, uh, prices of uh, – we saw yields move higher, which meant prices move lower. The aggregate bond index was down a quarter of 1% on the week. Uh, in the Treasury market, we saw uh, the yield on six-month Treasuries 5.52%, a one-year Treasury 5.43%, 10-year Treasury 4.3%, and a 30-year at 4.4%. So the yield curve is trying to steepen. It is still inverted, uh, but it is doing its absolute best to steepen, meaning the short end. So normal yield curve means short-duration bonds have a lower yield than long-duration bonds. That would make sense, right, because you're taking a lot less duration risk. Um, but 
in periods of economic uncertainty like we have now, the yield curve inverts. And historically, uh, before recessions, we get a yield curve inverting. And usually once the recession starts, the yield curve then steepens. And that's what we're starting to see. And guess what? We're sort of getting closer and closer to what seems to be this inevitable recession. We shall see. Uh, In the gold market, uh, gold traded three quarters of a percent lower at 1946 an ounce. And the uh, boogeyman is the oil market. Oil traded up four and a half percent last week to $90.94 a barrel. Uh, That is not fun for anyone. And we're going to talk in a second about the inflation numbers, but the situation in the oil markets is definitely not helping uh, Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve do their job. Uh, The other thing real quick I wanted to mention is uh, we had the biggest IPO uh, last week in a long time and the chip design manufacturer uh, Arm Holdings. So Arm was was a publicly traded company, uh, was taken private by SoftBank, Masasan and SoftBank. Uh, and then this week they uh, sold uh, some of that to the public markets in a, in a, to the U.S. in an ADR because it's a British-based company. Uh, and uh, the, it was they raised they raised quite a bit of money. It was oversubscribed, uh, and the market cap. What's crazy to me is it's not nearly as good of a business as Nvidia is, but it is more expensive than Nvidia is in the market. So, and I mean, a couple of points about that, like they floated a single-digit percentage of the company. So, you know, the amount that they release out to retail is just laughably tiny. And Masasan is such a, such a funny guy when you listen to him. But, you know, it's, that's like a smartphone story. It has nothing to do with AI. But now is the time to take advantage when the thematic investing craze is at its apex, which, you know, every single conference call, every company wants to somehow mention AI because that's going to fundamentally change their business. Well, if this had happened, if this IPO had happened in the fall of 2021, it would have really exploded. Wrecked. Yeah. Um, all right, so we got inflation data last week at the consumer level, so the CPI uh, print, and then at the wholesale level, which is the PPI uh, print, and both of those remain elevated. Um, so the, the thing that I think that people are forgetting, so you know, everybody, especially on CNBC and every all the commentators talk about how inflation is headed in the right direction, and that's absolutely true. We're not at the nine percent we were uh, not so long ago, we're, but we're still close to four percent. And so the problem is, and this is what, where inflation becomes a problem when it's even elevated at close to four percent, is those numbers compound on themselves, right? So if it's growing by two tenths of or three tenths of a percent every single month, it's compounded on the huge move we've already had. And so when you look and you think about prices of goods and services now relative to where they were just two years ago, all of that inflation data has has been compounding on itself. So prices are much more materially higher. And then when you factor in, we really haven't had real wage growth, you know, people's standard of living is declining. And then, you know, you see things like the United Auto Workers had that strike, right? Josh mentioned this on our e-news. Um, a, a lot of that had to do with the fact that, you know, we've seen prices for goods and services, like I said, go up a lot um, and their wages haven't really kept up with that. And so there's this unrest because their standard of living has declined, even as they were getting raises. These people were still getting raises, but their standard of living was going down because the inflation number was going up faster. And so, uh, you, you know, and then they're going to get they're going to get some concessions from the uh, from the auto companies. And that means their wages are going to go up a lot. And that it all becomes this vicious circle that is the inflationary circle. And so 
when you think about the Fed and their position that they're in, to me, it is, it, it's just so easy to see what they have to do. It, it doesn't seem like they have an option in my mind, and that is they have to put the U.S. economy into a recession. There's no way we're going to get out of this spiral without the United States economy having a recession. And that's a tough position to be in when you're essentially a politician. I mean, the Fed, you know, they're supposed to be independent and all that stuff, but, you know, they nobody wants – I mean, they – a recession means American, hardworking Americans are going to lose their job by no fault of their own. But it's the only way that they can tame long-term inflation. It's just the, there's no other way to do it because the behavior of the consumer and the behavior of Americans um, is all inflationary. All these behaviors. You looked at retail sales last week. And retail sales in August still show the consumer is spending and they're willing to spend. And it's because they're employed. We still have unbelievably low unemployment in this country. And so all of those factors – the wages going up and, and uh, consumer spending, all of that is inflationary. And the Fed has to tame it. If they say they're not going to do anything or they're going to pause or they're going to wait, um, the market will take that and run with it and the inflation forces will come back. And so, you know, the Fed, I, I wouldn't want to be in Jerome Powell's position. I wish I was because I would, I have much thicker skin than he has. And I'd say, too bad. This is the only solution. You guys come up with, tell me a better solution and I'll do it. But this is it. This is the solution, uh, unfortunately. And the sooner we have the recession, the better off we'll all be because then we can ultimately uh, go higher. Uh, the economy can grow again and the stock market can go up again and we'll have a healthier economy. But if they don't do it, then we're just going to have this sideways stagflation like we saw in the 70s. And that's not good for anybody. Jerome got dealt a bad hand. His two predecessors, Bernanke and Yellen, are largely Three. responsible. Don't yeah, don't, forget, but don't forget don't uh, forget Greenspan. Greenspan. Yeah. I mean, they, but they dealt. They created this mess. Quantitative easing and bl- blowing up asset prices, particularly housing, has left him between the rock and a hard place. QE Infinity. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's but, crazy. On Friday, you know, we're we're two tenths of a percent lower, trailing two years on the S and P now. But in real terms, uh, your portfolio that that buys you a lot less two years later. All right, if you'd like to be part of the show, you have a question for us or a comment, give us a call, 877-670-7117, or send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about active investing versus passive, so stick around. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review, 800-743-0988. Again, individuals and businesses with tax problems. Listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, U.S. Tax Shield can help you take back control. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Our team of tax attorneys can stop collections and get you protected. U.S. Tax Shield offers a price protection guaranteed quote to get you protected today. U.S. Tax Shield is A-plus rated with the BBB, so call 800-466-9625. U.S. Tax Shield, 800-466-9625. Take a moment and look out your window. There are an estimated 20,000 people going hungry within reach of this radio spot. 5,000 are kids. Could you help if it was inexpensive? Would you help if it was easy and fed hungry kids? 
sure you would. Join the Bend Food Project. How about throwing one extra non-perishable food item in your grocery cart when you stock up? Healthy, nutritious things like pasta, tuna, cereal, rice, or peanut butter. Then when you put the groceries away, put that one item in the green Bend Food Project bag we'll provide you. Every two months, we'll pick it up. The process is easy, painless, and inexpensive, but enormously rewarding. On average, we collect over 40,000 pounds of food and create over 32,000 meals for hungry kids and adults. Join the Ben Food Project and expand the power of the green bag and learn the full story at benfoodproject.com. You know, a can a week is not too tough a commitment to feed hungry kids locally. benfoodproject.com. October's approach means it's time for Neighbor Impact's annual Empty Bowls event. Returning to COCC on Sunday, October 29th, First Interstate Bank's Empty Bowls, presented by Windermere Central Oregon Real Estate and Cascade Natural Gas, marks the 22nd year of Neighbor Impact's delicious signature event. Empty Bowls builds awareness of food insecurity in our region through a simple meal of soup and bread. Two seatings are available at noon and 1.30 p.m. at COCC in Bend. Secure tickets while they last at NeighborImpact.org. That's NeighborImpact.org. Impact.org. Hey, ACC fans, the ACC is on the CW. A new era has begun. It's a dream come true. Amazing. Everybody going with the vibe. All the guys are just ready to have fun. And everybody's caught the fever. I think energy can be really contagious. I'm just having fun. For ACC football on the CW. There you go. Yeah, let's go. I got goosebumps. Let's go. Be there as VMI heads to NC State to take on the Wolfpack. Live Saturday on the CW. Only on your Central Oregon CW. Connect to the Financial Focus Radio Show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show. If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life, your asset allocation, your portfolio, your estate plan. Whatever you want to talk about is fair game. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get that scheduled. The number here, 800-743-0988. Or you can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. So it occurred to me on Friday um, when I was talking to uh, or responding to some emails from clients uh, and then talking to Josh about it. When we talk about bond yield, so like I, in the first segment I was talking about the yield on a six-month treasury at 5.5%. That's an annualized number. I, I was like, wait, people think when I say a three-month pays 5.2 or 5.5 or whatever the number is on a three-month – they think that that's the yield they're going to get in that period, which I like think to myself, like, wait, doesn't that person realize that that would mean a 22% return if they bought those? I want that. Yeah, like what? 22% annualized return? And so um, just understand, like, I mean, I know people, it's simple when people buy a one-year CD and they get quoted whatever 5% yield, like it's it's really easy math for them. Uh, to do is like if I put a thousand dollars in that, I know exactly the dollar amount I'll get it if I hold to to the maturity of the CD. Um, but I, what I was mistaken is that even if you buy a three month CD, 
the yield they quote you is an annualized yield. They're not quoting you a yield for the period that you're buying the CD if it's less than a year. And so, but it's always an annualized number. And so that's what people I think are misunderstanding and getting themselves into trouble because they're like, right, the yield, the return isn't what I thought it was going to be. It's like, no, you're right. It's not 22% annualized. Yeah, because if I could get 22% annualized in treasuries right now, the world would be a really bad place. <laughs> uh, and we, we wouldn't want that to be true, even though you think you would. It really would be a bad place. And that gets me to this idea, you know, Josh's generation and even part of my generation because, um, you know, most of them, most of my generation and younger people, their grown-up life or their adult life, interest rates were going lower and and were pretty low. I mean, in the beginning, you know, when I started in the business in the late 90s, interest rates were still 6%. And so, but most of my peers in their early 20s weren't paying attention to interest rates. I only was because I was working for a mutual fund company, but most of my peers were in their 20s and doing who knows what. And so they they really didn't care about what interest rates were doing because they weren't buying houses. And they weren't buying bonds and they weren't investing in stocks for the most part. And so when you think about when my – I'm 47. You think about my generation when they started house formation and all that stuff, interest rates were headed lower. And so maybe the first house they bought, I feel like the first house I bought, my mortgage was close to 7%. But I didn't think it was abnormal. I wasn't like, oh, this is crazy. I just realized that, that that's where rates were. And then you know, subsequently, houses I bought, every single house I bought after that, these mortgage was, was lower uh, every single time until it got under 3%. And then that was really crazy. And we saw the crazy behavior in the housing market. And so the rates we've seen um, really since – Two, you know, in the last 15 or 18 years, those are abnormal in the history of interest rates. So most people, my generation or younger, think that those rates, like these ultra low interest rates, is normal for the U.S. economy. And they're very, very, very abnormal. And so where we find ourselves now at 5.5% Fed funds rate, rates are much more normal as it relates to history now. Uh, than, than what most of my generation thinks of. And so there is a lot of people out there in the housing market, especially here in Central Oregon and in the stock market, that think we're going back to those rate policies. And it's just hard to imagine that that's going to be true. And so I would get used to, if I were you, that this is normal. These are normal rates. And if you're a certain age, you understand that. These are, any, these are still very uh, low rates for a lot of you that were buying houses in the 80s. But um, this a lot of people have to get used to the idea that rates now, and I know it takes a long time for rates to be in a certain place for people to make it normalized. I mean, the market doesn't seem convinced, right? Of course not. The market's not convinced. The housing market's not convinced. There are no No markets. Very few people are convinced. Because for 18 years, we get moving higher, and then all of a sudden it would slash it back to zero. We should all want it to happen, and it will alleviate a lot of the inequities in our society and start rewarding the people that deserve to be mean higher rates. Yeah, yeah, but whether or not there's the political will to do it, because there's going to have to be like real, meaningful sacrifice in order to accomplish the, the you know, that inflection point, getting back to normal. Okay, so let's talk about um, active money management versus passive money management. Um, you know, there, I don't understand why this guy's study. Uh, there's a guy at uh, Arizona State. His last name is Bessenbinder. Um, he is in the, you know, he's works for the business school, and he did a study looking at what drives stock returns. And essentially, what he figured out is that since 1926, uh, most of the returns in the stock market have come from 72 companies, 72 stocks. Uh, essentially, three percent of the companies, publicly traded companies, since 1926, account for 96 percent of the stock market's return. And so, 
when you look at this data, you just, it's just like so overwhelming that nobody should be trying to pick stocks to beat the market because over time the market rewards the winners and, and they're in the index and you're going to own those and you're going to own them in the right proportions. And so I, it, it's surprising to me that this brown ground baking. And so here's the deal. I understand why this guy isn't paraded around because there are there is a lot of firms on Wall Street that want this guy's data not to be true, right? Because it blows up their literally blows up their business model. Um, you know, if you're if you're working for Fidelity and you were on the active money management side of Fidelity, your business model is blown up by this guy's data because you are saying to the market that you can beat whatever benchmark you're up against. Let's say it's the S and P, and this guy's data says you're not going to. The longer you have, the less chance you're going to beat the benchmark, and so. Um, when we look at the returns in the stock market, it, it's so few companies. You're not going to pick those companies, I promise you. Buying Apple in 2019, when most of the returns from Apple's from Apple happened way before that, you know that's not doesn't make you a good stock picker. You might have a good year or two because of it, but over time, the S and P is going to trounce Apple. It's just how it works. There, there's there's just loud, this, loud numbers. There's this huge number of people out there that own like those Ark, the Kathy Wood style holdings that have dramatically outpaced the index still. Uh, even you know, and they've retraced a lot of their gains so far in 2023, revisiting that expectation that rates are going to decline again. And I think that's like sort of the foundation for a lot of people believing that you know they have the ability to pick the winners and it's like really time is like gravity and you you just can't fight it and uh, the longer that time goes on the more those are going to mean revert and you're going to tend to underperform and the index is going to keep on chugging because let's say you're not even doing it yourself let's say you're hiring a money manager like a kathy would their fees are are going to be a big drag so that's one and then these are investments that are not tax efficient they're distributing capital gains you're having to pay taxes on that and so the returns that you can spend are your after tax returns so not only are active money managers not beating their benchmark uh, just from a pure performance standpoint, when you factor in the tax liability of these active managers, they're, they are dramatically underperforming. And so when you look at all the data collectively and, and, you know, like, I don't understand. Our peers can argue all they want till they're blue in the face. But the data, it, it's not my opinion. It's not Josh's opinion. The data is there in your face and anybody can find it. You can go on the Spiva website and look at returns of active money managers versus their passive index and see that nobody's doing well over time. And then when you look at this Besson Binder study from Arizona State, uh, he, he's um, a professor at the W.P. Carey School of Business in Tempe. Like y you realize, wow. The only option is to index. That's that's it. All right. If you'd like to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a video in the middle and end of every month uh, where we talk about the markets and what's going on and how that relates to your portfolio. If you want to get added to our e-newsletter list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Click on the Contact Us and let us know you'd like to be added to that list. When we come back, we'll tackle some of your emails, so stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com.
most news, the most traffic, the most weather. FM 100.1 is News Talk 1110, KBND, Bend. At Washington Trust Bank, can't is a four-letter word. I think I'll sell my veggies at the market. You can't even remember to water the house plants. Hey, we need to build a home office. We can't. We're adding another bathroom. I think I'll study programming. Bro. You can't even connect your phone to Bluetooth. Whether you're looking for a personal line of credit to build a home office or a loan to take your business to the next level, we'll help you get there. Go to Watrust.com to get started. Washington Trust Bank, member FDIC. Whether you've been open for generations or just getting started, your business is your passion. For more than 100 years, SAFE has been the leader in workers' comp, helping Oregon businesses and workers. Our expert service and innovative safety and health programs support Oregon businesses in every corner of the state. Because we have offices in every region, we can help business owners continue to do what they love for generations to come. Safe workers' comp that really works. Wow, buddy, this place is gorgeous. Oh, I love living here at Wild Horse Mesa. It was just built in 2021, so it's got all the latest amenities with high-end finishes, plus AC, my own washer-dryer, pool access, fitness center, rec room, and a private patio. <laughs> all this on your salary? Wild Horse Mesa is more affordable than you think. Call the office and see what's available. Google Wild Horse Mesa Prineville for more information. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. Minutes from Prineville. New, beautiful, affordable Wild Horse Mesa. For over a century, local broadcasting has evolved with the needs of the community. We move past the stigmas of opinion journalism and bring the most relevant news online, on air, and on the go. You have trusted us with your news, sports, weather, and entertainment. Trust us to keep moving with you. Text RADIO to 52886 and tell Congress local broadcasting is here to stay. Hi, this is Aiden. And this is Gabriel from Satterley Jewelry Repair and Design Center in Redmond. All year it has been extremely busy for us with the jewelry repairs y'all have brought in. That's right, but we've noticed that some of you didn't know that we not only rebuild jewelry, we restore heirloom jewelry. Heirloom jewelry is priceless to every family, but often when we inherit a ring or pendant that doesn't fit our personal taste, it gets put away for another time. We love to restore heirloom jewelry for our customers. Isn't it time you let us either repair your well-loved piece of jewelry to like new? Or let us repurpose the gems and precious metals to build a whole new piece of jewelry that fits you. We'd love a chance to see what you have and help you forge the next chapter of your family story. Come see our goldsmiths at Satterley Jewelry Repair and Design Center and see why we've been around for four generations. You can find us on 5th and Fur in Redmond or at SatterleyJewelers.com. That's SatterleyJewelers.com. Can you tell me the traditional gift for our 61st anniversary? Well, I know the 50th is gold, but I don't think there is a traditional 61st anniversary gift. Well, there is now, and it's green. As in, save a ton of greenbacks during the 61st anniversary sale at Wilson's of Redmond? Saving money is a great tradition. For Wilson's 61st anniversary, we've negotiated exceptional discounts from our manufacturers. We're talking huge savings on Stressless, the most comfortable furniture 
furniture on the planet. Big green discounts on fully customized Amish handcrafted furniture from Country Classic Collection. Leather Italia, Flex Steel, and Southern Motion. Save up to $1,100 on heirloom luxury mattresses, too. Free delivery and special no interest financing available. See store for details. At Wilson's of Redmond. It's our 61st anniversary. We've got the furniture and mattress for you. Get in here and say big. You're listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on northwestquadrantwealth.com. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. My name is Tyler Simonis. That feller over there, he is a one Mr. Josh Finelli, and we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the great Pacific Northwest, and we appreciate you spending some of your weekend with us. Uh, this is another Buffett-ism. Today, people who hold cash equivalents feel comfortable. They shouldn't. They have opted for a terrible long-term asset, one that pays virtually nothing, in real terms, and is certain to depreciate in value over time. And so, Mr. Finelli, what does our friend in Omaha mean by it when he says that? Because there's people, right? We're getting these calls. Why don't you just put it in the money market and get 5%, Josh? <laughs> he means that when you own <laughs> equity and you own the, an equity in a company, you, you know, your margins, corporate margins are relatively constant over time. And uh, profits grow over time, you know, as evidenced by history. And so you're protecting your purchasing power by owning equity in that business. But when you buy a fixed income investment, uh, you know, when interest rates are going down, you can get a good return on that investment. Uh, but when interest rates are where they are or are rising or rel staying relatively flat on a real, real terms, so inflation adjusted, you don't really make much money outside of the last 40 years ending in 2022. Uh, owning a government bond gave you a six-tenths of a percent return, and that's going back literally hundreds of years with data from dozens of uh, dozens of countries. So uh, it may feel good when you look on paper and your statement doesn't fluctuate, but uh, over the long run, you're not really making any money. You're just protecting ultimately in, you know, that nominal value, and that doesn't do much for you. So Josh has a four-year-old son and he, and, uh, named Grayson, and he has a little stuffed animal. He calls it Elfie. And people buying, people putting money in money markets is like <laughs> that's like, Elfie, like Grayson's Elfie. <laughs> it, it, it satiates you in, for a little while, and he sits there and he sucks on his finger. And then he can go to sleep. <laughs> don't, don't. You got to get rid of Elfie. Yeah. So does Grayson. All right. Uh, this is something that I think uh, I just want to put out there, not as like, you know, you got to call us, but as as like when I, you know, we looked at our industry, the financial advice industry and the graying of it. And um, we looked at how many financial advisors, the average financial advisor in the U.S. is 56. I, it seems like they're older than that to me. Um, but most of these, uh, it says, well, let's see, 40% of the industry is planning to retire in the next 10 years. And uh, what struck us is a lot of these people, most of these people uh, that are going to retire in the next 10 years have no um, – plan like they don't you know they have no uh what's the word I'm succession, looking for? Plan. succession plan thank you um and so if you have an in you know standalone advisor you need to ask 
him or her what the plan is if they get run over by the proverbial bus or when they retire um, because obviously you're still going to need somebody. It's a so. big trend in the industry, the silver tsunami, as it's called. But uh, It's not a SAR industry, right? It's yeah, a CPA CPAs, industry. CPAs, it's worse. It's yeah. close to 60% of CPAs are planning on retiring in the next decade. Well, and I feel like we've already started to see it really in the financial, in the, in the CPA world. We have, for sure. And just like our industry, the amount of young talent in the pipeline is really concerning because there's just not enough. And uh, the industry isn't doing a good job of uh, attracting enough people into it. All right, Mr. Finelli, let's talk with some emails. This one comes from Bev. Uh, she says, when I retired in September of 2022, uh, my 401k was invested aggressively, 90% uh, in stocks and 10% in bonds, and lost approximately 30%. I left the 401k invested in mutual funds in hopes that it would gain back some of the losses. A year later, it has gained back approximately 20%. I'm not required to take my required minimum distribution for another five years. My question is, should I transfer the 401k funds into my traditional IRA, which is 100% invested in stocks, and let an advisor manage the account? Or should I leave it in the mutual funds in the 401k and rebalance the stock bond percentage to be less aggressive, say 80%, 80-20, or 70-30? Uh, I mean, without knowing, this is just generalized advice, but you know, well, you, you have to, you just have to say to yourself, Bev, why were you 90, 10 in a raging bull market? And now that we've started you know, markets roll over, why are you now deciding to be market? And too That's many, what it comes to. The other thing is like too many people look at retirement specifically as being this catalyst to change your portfolio when whether or not you're working, I mean, distributions definitely matter, but it's not like being 59 or 60 should dramatically alternate, alter your allocation in the long run because, of course, you know, your life expectancy is 25-plus years at that point. And if you think back over the course of markets, like, is the fact that you're retired, should that dictate a big change in allocation uh, in and of itself? I, I certainly don't think so. Well, you should have been working towards the, the appropriate allocation based on your age the whole time. So, th Bev, here's the problem with what you're asking. You were making a market-based decision instead of an, a life circumstance-based decision. So all investment decisions, uh, as it relates to your risk, how much risk you do or don't have in your portfolio, should always be based on your life circumstances, not what the market's doing. And so, Bev, you are making a reaction to the market selling off uh, instead of, okay, uh, like the 90-10, if that was too much in stock – then you shouldn't have had that allocation, you know, in, in leading up to being retiring. And so, if you knew you were going to retire and you didn't want that much volatility in your portfolio, in the bull market, you should have been selling stocks and buying bonds. So you maybe would have gotten to that seventy percent stock, thirty percent allocation, and your and your account wouldn't have gone down as much. And now you're saying, okay. After the fact, I'm going to make a change because the market did something, and so I'm going to I'm going to make a change to be uh, less aggressive now that stocks are cheaper. And so you're thinking literally backwards, Bev. And this happens to a lot of people. It happens to our client base um, where they're like, you know, somebody will be investing in their account, let's say every single month in their taxable account, and then the stock market goes down and they stop investing. And you're like, why Why would you stop now? This is literally the best time to be dollar cost averaging the market. It's like, I'm going to wait till things get better. And so Bev, my question to you is, are you going to wait until things get better and then make the change? Or are you going to do it now when markets are down? And so uh, th this is, goes out to everybody. You need to make changes to your portfolio based on your life circumstances. Just like in my kids' 529s, as my kids get closer to needing the 529 college savings plan, 
I had to make them more conservative, regardless of what the market was doing. And it's the same for retirement. So if you want to get to retirement at 65, let's say, or 68, and when you are done working and you want your portfolio to be 70% stocks or 60% stocks, you have to work towards that and don't let the market dictate those movements. And that too many of you are letting markets dictate how you invest your money instead of your life circumstances. And it's a recipe for disaster. All right, this comes from Anonymous. Uh, my wife and I are 70 years old. We've paid everything off, including the house, between my pension of 30000 and Social Security. We're getting a gross of almost 100000 a year in income, which is more than enough. Our current savings and our brokerage accounts are 700000 Our individual retirement accounts total $1.4 million. Our Roth is 400000 We both anticipate living to age 90. I want to know how this guy knows that. At our age, Mr. Finelli, is it too late to do a Roth conversion, so he's 70. Uh, no, I mean, there's no age that's too late to do a Roth conversion. It's more just a question of Especially what- Especially if you ask your beneficiaries. <laughs> yeah, it's more just a question of like, do you love them that much that you want to <laughs> eat the liability? Somebody uh, has to pay the taxes, You know, right? of course, there's like, you know, the consideration, of course, is you don't know ultimately <laughs> long-term care, how much that's going to cost, and you know, you're- uh, annual budget could conceivably be blown up by some healthcare related consideration. Uh, and you're definitely going to be, uh, you know, paying a substantial tax liability to accomplish that uh, conversion. You know, whether or not you want to do it and the purpose of what you're trying to do should really drive the decision ultimately. Uh, you know, your beneficiaries will thank you, but that's one of those where I don't understand the logic of it a lot of times, which is just because. You should spend the money with them while you're alive and enjoy, maximize the utility of it. And I don't like trying to optimize uh, inheritances for tax efficiency being like some motivating purpose. But of course, everyone out there is different, and that could be the thing. Maybe that when you're seventy, you really want to do. It's definitely not what I'm going to be maybe doing. Maybe when you're seventy, you'll think differently. P- when, potentially, when I mean, is that that's going to be your legacy? Is leaving a tax-free inheritance? Yeah, or? your grandkids. Your grandkids <laughs> are going to want Audis, man. Come on. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it comes down to what I would tell you is that talk, when you make this decision. Talk to your accountant and figure out you don't you know you can do Roth conversions you don't you can do a ten thousand or five thousand dollar you don't have to convert hundreds of thousands so sort of work with your accountant and say okay you know if I convert this much what will my tax liability be and make sure if you're doing it you pay your tax liability uh, with af- with 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 money from a taxable account don't take it from the IRA. All right. If you would like to be part of our little program, give us a call, 877-670-7117. Or you can always email us by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about the idea of income investing or investing for income versus total return investing. So stick around for that. Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show. Give us a call today to schedule your portfolio review. 800-743-0988. Again, 800-743-0988. At Hooker Creek, we know one simple fact. Better products make better projects. Whether you're someone who wants the best or you have a project that demands the best, look no further than Hooker Creek. 
With unmatched technical expertise and a rock-solid commitment to our community, Hooker Creek puts the absolute best products into making sure your project gets the best results. For projects large or small, better is just better. Call us or go online and let's get started. Hooker Creek at the foundation of local. We love it here and we think you will too. Welcome to Alpine Meadows. Beautifully kept landscaping, Alpine Meadows has one-bedroom apartments and two- and three-bedroom townhomes that include washer and dryer, beautiful decks, patios, and designer kitchens. Alpine Meadows is conveniently located next to the Dallas, California Highway and minutes away from Orchard Park's nature trails, a place proud to call home. Google Alpine Meadows townhomes, professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. You enjoy the quiet life, but... You like being close to the action. Living that fits you is at Mountain Glen Apartments, located five minutes away from the Bend River Promenade and downtown area. Mountain Glen's units feature designer oak cabinets, and their two- and three-bedroom units come with washer and dryer hookups. Relax with mountain views from your patio or deck. Mountain Glen Apartments Bend, corner of Butler Market and Boyd Acres Road. Professionally managed by Norris and Stevens. A lot of schools talk about training the cybersecurity workforce of the future, but do they really deliver? My Computer Career has been supplying the IT workforce with thousands of skilled, certified pros for 15 years. Train with the experts in support, networking, or cybersecurity and start your career in months, not years. Upskill even faster. On campus or live online, qualified students may get financial aid, including the GI Bill. My Computer Career. Accredited, acclaimed, effective. Take the free career evaluation at mycomputercareer.edu. Some days I cover up because of my moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Now I'm hitting the road with clearer skin thanks to Sky Rizzi. Rizm Kism of Rizza, a prescription only 150 milligram injection for adults who are candidates for systemic or phototherapy. With Sky Rizzi, three out of four people achieved 90% clearer skin at four months. And Sky Rizzi is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Don't use if allergic to Sky Rizzi. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. Thanks to Sky Rizzi, there's nothing on my skin, and that means everything. Your doctor today about Sky Rizzi, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit skyrizzy.com or call 1 866 Sky Rizzi to learn more. Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, one of us will give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. Uh, just don't call us if you have marital problems because we're not good uh, Counselor, so it relates to that. And I only bring that up because it's happened a few times and it is super awkward and I don't do well with awkward. Uh, but if you want a free retirement view, uh, call us if you have at least $500,000. If, if you have marital problems, you can call us. Just make sure you schedule it with Josh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if you do want one of those appointments, call the office 800 743 0988. 
or send us an email by going to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. So uh, I talk about this maybe a couple times a month, and I just uh, think it's important. So we don't teach financial literacy in the United States. There are some schools. I saw a 60-minute special. There's a school in Barrie, Vermont, that uh, teaches it, and it's the most popular class at the high school. They teach financial literacy, all sort of levels of it. Really, really popular. Uh, at Summit High School, where my my daughter goes, um, they do have a class kind of like financial literacy, uh, but it's the closest thing that I could find here in Central <laughs> Oregon. Uh, anyways, as a country, we don't do it. And so um, being financially literate can have a huge impact on your life as an adult, right? Because if, the sooner you understand these concepts uh, and the sooner you can apply them, the better off financially you're going to be most of the time. And so uh, there's a book out there. It is written uh, by a guy named John Lim, L-I-M. He is a MD, he's a doctor, but he wrote, How to Raise Your Child's Financial IQ, The Most Important Things. Uh, it's 64 pages long. So I would urge you uh, parents, get it for your kids. Grandparents, get it for your grandkids. Uh, it is really good. It's really short, easy read, um, but it can give them some really simple concepts that can have a huge impact on their life. So again, John Lim, L-I-M, How to Raise Your Child's Financial IQ, The Most Important Things. Just Google it and you'll find it. Uh, and then before we talk about um, total return versus uh, uh, income investing, I did want to bring this up, uh, uh, this term, of uh, this idea of anchoring. Um, so we know that the market hit an all-time high in January of 2022, uh, and uh, the market is now down 19 months or so or from that all-time high. Uh, hasn't reached it again. And so everybody, their portfolio got to the all-time high somewhere around the, when the market peaked, uh, and now most of you think you've lost money since that date. And what we tell you is that market level was probably way, way overdone considering what was happening with interest rates and how expensive stocks were. And so we think the market now, even though it's expensive, is a much more realistic place than where it was then. Uh, and so anchoring can be cause you lots of problems because it makes you antsy. And we have lots of clients. We know if our client base is getting antsy that all of you out there are also getting antsy. And uh, it can <laughs> it can lead you to start to make some real stupid decisions like, I'm just going to take everything out of the market and put it in the CDs or money market, get my 5%. Well, guess what? That 5% can go back down again, and then you're stuck in that. Uh, and so, you know, th this is the time when you have to remember that over time, and when I say over time, I don't know, you know, over, when you look at it, returns of stocks over time, long periods of time, they are one of the best, the only better performing asset class than stocks over time has been timber. But it's very hard to go buy a bunch of timber. Um, and especially now with uh, wildfires rampant through the state, um, your, your millions and millions of dollars of timber can be burnt up in an afternoon. Well, and here's so. the thing, like everyone trying to fight the last war, you know, the 2008, that's calling for the 2008 style cataclysm around the corner. If you're proven right and you know, your rationale was I'm going to sit it out in 5% yields. Like they're going back to 2% if that happens, maybe less. And so you're going to be right back in the situation that you were before, which is, you know, if you're even right, you're going to end up being wrong because you're going to make no money. So that's, it's kind of a, just embarking down that path is just a fallacy in the first place. Remember time in the market, let those dividends reinvest. And when a new bull market starts, you'll be much happier. You'll have a bunch more shares and you'll, your account will take off like a scalded cat, as Bill Moore used to say. Okay, so 
our industry, the financial services industry, focuses, especially for retirees, on income investing. And so, Josh, explain what incoming, income investing is, and then we'll sort of debunk why the focus on that is such a bad thing to do if you're especially a retiree. Income, the income approach sort of looks at you know, your yield target in the, at first, and you say, oh, well, I need 5% of my portfolio annually uh, in form of distributions. Uh, that's going to be my yield target. And then that thereby informs the asset allocation. So once you have your yield target, you go and you look and you say, oh, well, what pays 5%? Maybe I'll put half my portfolio in AT&T and, you know, another half in master limited partnerships that, you know, have a, a weighted average distribution of somewhere around six, you know, six, five, 6%, whatever it is. Reads. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, that's how you build the portfolio is informed by the yield target itself. And uh, what that ultimately leads to is like a lot of inappropriate risk exposure, a ton of concentration risk, uh, high yielding investments typically are comprised of a lot of the same sectors, a lot of the same things and their risks, even if they're in different, you know, whether it's real estate investment trusts, master limited partnerships, uh, BDCs, a lot of these different things, the risk are all the same, right? And that's, you know, these are often highly levered. AT&T is a great example of, you know, a, a, a position that we saw in a ton of portfolios over the last 20 years. And, you know, people have said, oh, well, I don't care what the price of the stock is uh, because it's been paying me my 5% dividend like clockwork. Uh, you know, the shares are now negative on a total return basis over a 25 or 30 year period. That's not how you want to approach it. And total return investing, you know, you, you start with your risk tolerance and your, you know, the, your purpose, that's what informs the asset allocation. And uh, it allows you for sustainable spending from both the yield and the capital appreciation of, you know, share prices. You think back like, you know, Amazon, uh, Google, Berkshire Hathaway. So many, Berkshire Hathaway is the best example, of course, because it's, it's got such a long track record. But there's so many equities now that, uh, you know, their, their version of shareholder returns are actually just an Apple's, you know, pays a, a pretty incremental dividend. But for the most part, it just buys back its own stock to grow earnings. And that's a more tax efficient way uh, for you to enjoy uh, total return appreciation uh, than paying you a dividend and you paying either uh, some version of tax on it uh, or in your IRA, you know, you're just maybe collecting distributions from that too. But my point is uh, that a lot of the best businesses now just buy back their own shares and, and as opposed to paying out income to you. Yeah, so it, it comes, that's boiled down to like income investing. Lots of these companies or investments, in order to attract investment dollars, they have to pay a high yield because they are not good businesses or not a good investment. So they're like, this is a way we can attract investment dollars by talking about a yield. Uh, and, and the problem is you're taking an inordinate amount of risk by being a yield investor. So when you look at the risk spectrum, a lot of these things that have yield are way up on the risk spectrum. And if we have a recession, some of these things can go bankrupt. And if you're a retired investor, that's the last thing you can afford. So uh, Vanguard did a really good piece. It's called Total Return Investing, A Superior Approach uh, from Income Investing. So it's it's one of these things where it's, it's an eight-minute read. It talks about the risks of being an income investor versus this better strategy of a total return investing. And essentially, it just comes down to... Um, total return approach helps minimize portfolio risk and maintain portfolio longevity while allowing investors to meet spending goals with a combination of portfolio income, because there's going to be income on this stuff, and capital appreciation, which is the much more important thing from a longevity standpoint. 
All right. If you want to be, uh, if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a short video in the middle and end of every month where we talk about what's going on in markets and how that affects your money. So if you want to get that emailed to you twice a month, go to our website, NorthwestQuadrantWalt.com. A little box will pop up, and you can be added to that list. When we come back, we're going to talk about qualified charitable distributions from your IRAs. Exciting stuff. Stick around. Sign up for our e-news today. Get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short five to six minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com.